if we're doing anything that asks us to shut down parts of ourselves or to abandon ourselves or to go so outside of our comfort zone that it's what I would say like out of range for us, um, there will be consequences on our partner on the relationship. Like that actually does not allow for us to both be fully in connection. We have to like check out a bit in order to like tolerate being in that experience. Welcome to On Her Terms, a podcast that helps women nurture their unique personal power and channel it into creating a life that is truly their own. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. In today's very interesting episode, we are discussing all things dating and relationships. I am talking to Evan Rose about how women can bring a stronger element of self-regard and confidence to their dating and love life. Today's guest, Evan Rose, is a self-worth and dating coach specializing in supporting women in cultivating unshakable self-worth, creating loving relationships with themselves, and taking an empowered approach to their love lives and beyond. Through her 10-week course, Wake Up Your Worth, and deep dive coaching programs, Evan helps women to break through their fears and blocks and to show up authentically, bravely, and wholeheartedly for their desires. Evan believes that not only do we all deserve deep connection and fulfilling relationships, but also that there's so much growth and adventure to enjoy along the journey. We're going to learn more about that in today's conversation, and we're also going to deep dive into how women can cultivate a healthier attitude towards love and companionship, how they can improve their dating life and find more fulfilling partnerships, how can women be more confident, more expressive, and healthily vulnerable in their love life, and what can they do to stay authentic and in integrity with themselves as the stakes get higher in a relationship. Excited yet? Let's dive in. I'm, I'm super thrilled that we're talking about this, um, and I'm glad that you are here. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I have to ask you, what made you take on this work? What made you want to work with women, help them improve their dating life, and create more fulfilling relationships? Yeah, well, you know, I'll just out myself by saying this was the area of my life where I felt the least empowered for a long time. Um, I felt like I kind of had a clearer roadmap when it came to, at the time I was in the corporate world, so like when it came to my, my work life, when it came to other areas of my life, I felt more like I kind of knew what I was doing. And then when it came to my dating life and my relationships, I found myself um, just really like not fully showing up from a, a truly confident, empowered place. I felt like I was adjusting who I was to get people to like me and you know, doing some people pleasing, looking for external validation and um, like sticking around in situations that weren't really serving me. Right. So the, the irony at the time was that even before I became a coach, my friends were naturally coming to me for support in this area. And I felt like I could, from the outside, I could totally see, you know, where they might want to shift something, or I could so easily say like, you deserve better than that. And Right. Yeah. Um, so I was really able to support friends with with ditching some of those patterns, and um, you know, finally, I kind of hit a point where I was like, "All right, I need to do this work for myself. Right. I need to work on my own worthiness and empowerment, and um, and and make a real change the way I'm showing up in, in my relationships. Um, 
And as I did, and I got to really see how powerful those, how those internal shifts really transformed my experiences, um, I just felt so called to, to be able to support other women in doing the same. Yeah, and did the, like, before you became a coach, like, making up your mind to do this, and then actually doing it and doing those, like, sessions with your clients, or did the experience live up to expectation, or was it, like, a complete departure, or did you, like, there are new things that you hadn't expected? Yeah, oh my gosh, I learned so much. I mean, I went through a whole, you know, I, I went through a training program to become a coach, and over the years, have taken countless programs, workshops, trainings, all of that, and there, yeah, there was just so much more than I knew was even available to us from the worlds of psychology, um, energy work, masculine, feminine dynamics, right? Mindset work. Um, there, I just really discovered, like, wow, this is not this is not just about dating. This is transformation. This is this is personal growth and development. Um, and so, yeah, the, I think you know it was interesting because early on, of course, I thought I was gonna quit my corporate job and just like have a coaching business overnight. And of course it took a lot more than that to really build up a practice. I was working with people for free at first or, you know, getting friends to be clients and, and, um, but pretty quickly I will say, I, I just found so much fulfillment in it and really saw all of the possibility of how I'd be able to make, you know, to have the impact that I wanted to have. And that's what really helped me to, stick with it even when it you know it took a while while I drained my savings to get to the point where I could support myself yeah I'm sure of course it takes it takes a while to also like refine your approach to really hit the right notes with your clients so that you can serve them the best and yeah of course I get that <laughs> I share in that experience <laughs> uh, let's like let's go to basics here you've had you've been doing this for a long time so you definitely have a lot of experience so addressing our listeners here uh the women who are listening to this episode what do you think like if there's if they're in the very initial stages of their relationship like the very you know the, the throes of that infatuation when everything's really steamy and really hot and it's the chemistry that's dominating the relationship what elements do you think should lead the way so that they can actually from the get-go create a relationship that serves them, sets the right tone so that there aren't as many issues, especially so far as their role in the relationship is concerned, so far as boundaries, with those little things that are usually the points where women are the ones who are more accommodative and, you know, compromise to just keep the peace and all those things. What would you suggest that they do in the initial stages? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much, Um, you know, the I would say I, that jumped out at me when you were saying, you know, if there's there's all this chemistry and it's steamy and we're so excited about the connection. One thing I would say is it's really important to make sure that we're also exploring with our partner if this is a fit based on our core values, not just based on chemistry and connection and heat, right? Um, so really looking at like what matters most to me? What are the things that I you know, when I think long-term about a relationship being fulfilling, right, what is it that's actually going to have me feel fulfilled? So for me, for example, one of those things might be um, like vulnerability and emotional depth, emotional connection. And if years ago, before I did this work for myself, 
if I had asked myself, you know, when I had those blinders on because something was so steamy, if I had asked myself, is there really um, emotional depth here? Do I feel emotionally safe, right? What I probably would have noticed is I'm not even opening up to the point where I could discover that with someone because I was, to your point, you know, kind of playing it cool and uh, being accommodating to, to make sure the person would stick around. Um, so really, we weren't creating a foundation around the things that mattered to me, right? Right. So I would have, you know, I would, I would invite any women listening to this to do a little self-exploration and a, a coach or a therapist could really help you with this, but you could also just journal on it and ask yourself, what are those, like, those tenets, those core qualities or values that I, I want to be the foundation of a relationship? Um, and start sharing those things with your partner. Start exploring those things together because if there's heat but there's no alignment there, or if you share what you really want and need and the person runs away, you know, that probably tells you it was a fun fling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and then similarly, you know, I'm always going to come back to self-connection. So it's very easy when we're really excited about someone or we're excited about an opportunity. We might do this also like in our work lives or other areas of our life. An opportunity comes along and it, it seems too good to be true. Or, you know, we're like, oh, this is the thing I've been looking for. Um, we start putting all of our attention outside of ourselves on that person or that job or that opportunity, right? Or like, yeah. how do I make them happy? How do I, you know, get to the next level with this person? How do I get them to like me or love me. And before we know it, we're really neglecting our relationships with ourselves. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So so there's a, there's a lot of ways I won't get into, you know, for time's sake, like there's so many different practices we could do to connect with ourselves, but kind of at its simplest, a, a little takeaway for anyone listening is just making sure you're creating the space, whether that's, you know, 20 minutes in your day where you sit down and journal or meditate or just like be with yourself, right? You can walk alone without your phone and, um, or, or connect with a girlfriend or someone in your life who um, can help you like put the attention back on yourself, right? Or still having dates with yourself, doing things where you are nurturing your relationship with yourself and not letting that go just because you're now in a relationship with someone else. Your relationship with yourself is the foundation for a healthy relationship with someone else. Right. Yeah, that makes so much sense because like the one thing that you mentioned, like your core values, like what should be guiding, uh, you know, the big, big decisions, the big moves in your relationship. I think that anyways makes sense because if you don't have like a value system, like awareness of your core values, yeah. life in itself it can go down such paths that were never really meant for you you could end up doing things that were are so out of alignment for you so that makes complete sense that you would need to do that before you venture deeper into a relationship but let me ask you uh, and this is a question that i ask so often because um this is something that really fascinates me like doing the self-work before you go like into a heavy relationship where you are full-on committed and exclusive and all of those things versus doing all of the self-work before you do the commitment yeah. So here's the thing. Self-work is never done, right? Of course, of course. We talk about it and, and like um, for anyone listening too, right? We talk about it as if 
it's a destination. Like, um, first love yourself, then go find someone. As if loving ourselves is like an on or off switch, right? You, you achieve it. <laughs> um, the truth is we are always, especially, you know, I imagine the women who listen to this are really growth-minded women, right? We are we're hopefully always in that journey of self-exploration and mm-hmm. growth and expansion. And um, But that said, I, I do believe that the, the more solid of a foundation we can have with our own relationship with ourselves, with understanding our desires and our needs and our values, um, you know, the more we can embrace our authenticity, who we really are, right? Those are the things that have us, when we're then choosing a partner, we're more likely to choose someone who's more aligned, right? And we're also usually then in a much um, more receptive place to even like receive someone's yeah. really, um, like healthy quality love and, and, and commitment and all of that. Um, so often when we're self-sabotaging, when we're like pushing away great people or, you know, we do that from a place of, of not feeling worthy. Yeah. So, so yeah, certainly like it is so worthwhile to take the time. If you are single, if you are, you know, in your, in your dating journey and you haven't yet started a relationship with someone who you think you could build a life with, it's really worthwhile to take that time and pour into yourself and and create that foundation. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship, I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm screwed. I didn't like, where's <laughs> doing it's, it's certainly not ever too late. Um, but again, it's something that's, that's really worth carving out the time for um, and, and making sure we're not falling in the trap of like, oh, well, I have a partner, so I don't need to do, right? I'm only doing the work to find someone. No, it's really what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I would. Like I had a different idea before I started talking, like doing these interviews and talking to people like yourself, like people who do this every single day and are have gathered so much experience in the field. I always believe that before you go into a relationship, you need to have like a perfect idea of who you are, what do you want out of a relationship, the kind of partner you want, how do you, where do you see this going before you like commit to anyone? Commitment for me is something like such, I, I always considered it such a massive deal. Um, but I have since realized that the more I consider this, like talk about this, the more I discuss it with, as I said, people like yourself and the more I like as I've grown as well, I realized that there is there's no way you can ever reach that place where you have like that perfect mindset, like your mind is exactly in the right place and you have all the answers. Because I think even depending on who you are dating, your ideas are going to change because this person will surprise you in so many ways that would be so unexpected and they're gonna like show you things that you didn't expect and that they're gonna completely change you yeah that's I think to me at least that's the definition of a fun healthy relationship yeah yeah I I totally agree and you know it's such an interesting point we you're right we can often go too far where we are like we get really rigid in our thinking about who we are and what we want this I think those checklists. Totally. Um, and where, where we're not actually like open and flexible and willing to meet with, you know, I always say I'm like, the person you're going to end up with is a, they're a human. They're not a fantasy idea of someone. So they're go, they're going to have, you know, differences from your, your dream, right. Or your checklist. Um, 
And it's like knowing, again, what those foundational things are that you really do need in order to feel safe or fulfilled or alone. Um, totally. And then having the, you know, it takes some confidence within ourselves to allow ourselves to be flexible, I think. And to do that in a way that feels empowered rather than accommodating or people pleasing or like, or like sacrificing things that actually matter to us. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. And I want to bring up the, a point that you made um, as you were answering that first question. Like sometimes what happens in relationships is that we are like we're in a good relationship, we're having a good time and we are into the person, whoever it is that we're with. But what we end up doing is we completely shift all of our focus to the other person and to the relationship to the extent where we're no longer like looking within. So considering all of that, um, what... Uh, other things do you think people do as they're building a relationship that negatively impacts them? Also, do you think that, how do you like recognize when you're doing those things? And also when you're more invested in the concept of love in creating this like fantasy, like dynamic, wherein you're like, you're matching whatever favorite movie you have <laughs> or whatever, uh, you know, something like the, the, the fantasy couple that you've been crushing on since you were a kid. Versus actually noticing who you are with and what it is that you're creating. Yeah, yeah, some big questions. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, staying like this point of staying connected to ourselves is a really big piece here because if we're not connected to ourselves, we actually can't recognize any of that, right? We're like operating on autopilot. So, my for me before doing this work and gaining this awareness and these tools, I. I didn't know that I was operating from a place of people pleasing. I wasn't like consciously choosing, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make them happy and sacrifice what I need. I didn't even know I was doing that, right? Really really operating on autopilot. So this this um self-work and and these practices to stay connected to ourselves is the first step in even gaining that awareness and being able to notice, right? Like, oh, something feels off here. You might want to look like some some clues I would say is if you're feeling anxious, like, you know, more than once in a while or more than usual in a relationship, probably a sign that there's something off. doesn't mean like, it doesn't have to mean any certain thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that's not the right person for you or any of that. It's just for me, when I'm feeling, when my energy is just feeling off, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling um, my mood is really off, like that usually tells me just to to tune in, right? And to just kind of ask myself like, hey, what's going on here, right? So quick example, um, the other day, my partner was in a, he was just like in a, having a moody afternoon, right? Just in like a funky mood. And I notice because I'm I'm naturally empathetic, so I like feel what other people are feeling, right? And because like all of us women, I have that conditioning around making other people happy, right? I just noticed within myself that it was really impacting me, like that I was trying to get more, like get his attention or get some reassurance from him or something. And all I noticed was like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. This doesn't feel good, right? And so I just checked in with myself and I was like, oh, I'm just making his mood about me. And, and it's like actually not about me. There's nothing I need to like fix or do here. And then it gave me that reminder, hey, hey, Evan, go take care of yourself for the afternoon, right? So 
he's he's feeling moody and wants to just like be on the couch and watch a movie and not really talk like that's okay and so instead of trying to get my needs for connection or whatever met from him like, oh I can just go outside and take a walk I could call a friend and connect I could just maybe I'm maybe my my body's needing some movement right like just right. checking in what do I need and practicing meeting that need for myself and sure enough, right, by the time I came back to the house a couple hours later, he's like, hey, babe, I'm sorry that I was kind of moody and distant earlier. Yeah. You know, here, here's what's going on with my energy. And thank you for giving me that space. And we got reconnected, right? So tuning in, asking yourself when you're noticing things feeling off, not asking yourself, what are they doing wrong? But asking yourself, where can I take responsibility for myself, for my needs here, for, for you know, what would feel better for me? Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to come back to this question, but I, uh, there's this point that you made, like checking in with yourself, not making it, uh, like not getting so bogged down with what it is that it, they're doing. Yeah. I think this this uh, brings up the point that you made, like you had, you said that we need to have a certain degree of inner confidence to be able to make these uh, like decisions wherein we are have the ability to not be so emotional about things and step away and be a little more logical, be a little more objective about what's going on. But I think that becomes very difficult when you have, as you said, you lack that inner confidence. And sadly, uh, a lot of women uh, approach, you know, finding a partner with a certain degree of um, almost um, desperation. I hate to use that word. But they, especially if they're approaching a certain age, they become so eager to have a partner, to have a committed relationship in their life that they are very quick to ignore a lot of things that may be going on with them and the, the other person, just red flags, as they say. So why do you think that happens? And what can women do to cultivate a healthier attitude towards love and towards just building a relationship? Yeah, yeah. So it's really easy for our mindset to. Um, to, to kind of fall into what we call like scarcity territory, right? So scarcity sounds like um, anything from like, I'm running out of time, or there are so few quality people left out there who'd be a fit for me, or, um, right, it might be like, we expected that we would have met someone or be married or had a family by a certain age. And so we're putting all this pressure on ourselves that might come from our family, that might come from society, it might come from media telling us, you know, um, so it's it's really normal and common to get kind of sucked into that kind of thinking. The problem with that, to, you know, to what you spoke to is we then are dating from this like fear-based place, right? We're dating. So when I hear desperation, like that's, to me, that's all desperate means is like, I have this desire, which there's nothing wrong with, you know, of course. like quick, quick aside here. I think a lot of women were also afraid to really own that we want a partner because we're afraid that that sounds desperate, right? We think we're supposed to be these like independent, self-sufficient, I don't need anyone. You know, it's like embarrassing or something to say, no, I like really want to share my life with someone. And like, that's the most beautiful desire there is. That's such a natural desire. So we can, we can absolutely own that desire. Where the, de where the desperation comes in, desperation is just the energy of fear, like fear that we're not going to get it, fear that we have to have it right now or it's going to go away, you know, that we're going to run out of time, right? So 
the work we need to do isn't about denying the desire, but rather it's about um, really like embracing where we are in our lives right now, making peace with our past, like making peace with the fact that we didn't meet that. You know, I remember when I when I turned thirty. Being like, whoa, I thought I'd be married and have kids by now, and I haven't even met the person I want to be with, right? And as those years went by, I had to really um, do some work to like fully make peace and embrace. I've had this incredible life, and I've learned so much, and I've developed who I am as a person, and I've only gotten more and more like authentic and sure of myself. And you know, when I when I met my partner in my mid thirties, and he was almost forty. We were like, oh my gosh, we couldn't have met a moment before this. Yeah, we both had to do our own work. We met at the perfect point in our journey, um, and so there's. And I was just doing a lot of work for myself, also to really like trust my path, to trust that if I'm showing up for this fully, right, that it's all happening as it's meant to, and it's. It, it's easier for me, it, it became easier for me to do that over the years of working with women because I saw over and over and over again, regardless of age, regardless of people's history, regardless of where people lived, all the reasons we think, oh, but but I'm the exception. It might not happen for me or, you know, I've never had that kind of great relationship before. So why do I think I could have that now? Or, you know, but I'm a, I'm a single mom. Like, that's going to make it harder for someone to I've seen it over and over again that like when we get really right with ourselves, like owning what we bring to the table, that we don't need to be perfect to be lovable, right? But that we have yeah. so much to, to offer um, that we are all inherently deserving of love and, and partnership. If that's what we desire. Um, and, and when you're showing up for it in a way that you feel proud of, right? It's still a practice. It's, it you know might be easier said than done for some people listening. If this is a new perspective for you, but we get to really practice leaning into that sense of trust that you know our path is unfolding as it's meant to. That we are supported. That there's a bigger picture here. Um, that you know the timing is is always perfect, even if it's not what our little human yeah. ego thinks it should be in the moment. Yes, yes. It's such a beautiful answer. And I have to thank you for uh, reframing this uh, sort of uh, perception around the eagerness to be in a committed relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. And that, that applies not just to women, but to men as well. There are men also, you know, who, who really want to be in a committed relationship. They really want to take care of someone, be there for someone. They think they're in their at their best when they're doing those things. So I really do believe, and I remember... Um, like I, I have heard a lot of my friends who I have immense respect for people I look up to tell me that when you find the right partner, you up level in a way that no entrepreneurial challenge, no intellectual challenge, no adventure, other adventure in life could do for you. Like a, what a partner can do for you, no other life experience can bring that sort of growth into your life. So I definitely appreciate you framing, like giving like a positive um positive spin to that idea like if you are feeling like that it's perfectly healthy if what your like biggest life ambition is to be a mom there's nothing wrong with that it's it's strange isn't it like there, a few years back if, saying that I want want a job and do not do not want to get married was judged 
you were judged as lacking in what emotions or depth or whatever. And now it's the opposite. There's always so much judgment going on. So maybe let's just like shove aside all of that judgment and just look at it as this constant thing that people perhaps need to do. I don't know, to feel good about themselves perhaps, or, you know, to deal with whatever is going on in their life maybe. And it's really not about you. I really appreciate you doing that. Thank you so much, Evan. Um, I also have to ask you, because I think that uh, how we show up in our relationships is is massively impacted by everything else that's going on in our life. Like our careers impact our personal lives, of course. But it's not just that. That's like a very simplistic view of the situation. I think there's so much more going on uh, as to who we are in our life that versus how we show up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you believe that have you seen that with your clients yeah i mean here's the thing no area of our life is you know operates in a silo right like we like to think that it does we like to think we can com- compartmentalize um and you know it's it's everything that we're experiencing is an extension of ourselves right so what's happening for me in my in my work life today or in my business is absolutely going to seep over into you know, when I go into my evening with my partner, or if I were single and going on dates, or right, what's happening with my family, what's happening with my health, or my my wellness, um, what's happening in friendships, right? Like I have a, for example, I have a new client who um, is is really struggling in her in her friendship life. Like she's feeling a lack of connection with with women around her and. Um, just really wanting friendship in a way that she's not experiencing in this stage of her life. And so her dating life has even more pressure on it than just the pressure of looking for a partner because she is getting all of her connection needs met or, or not, but attempting to get all of her connection needs met by going on so many first, she's like filling up her calendar with dates, right? Because she doesn't want to be lonely when she's at home. Right. Right. Whereas like when we're really plugged into, you know, my, for me personally, sisterhood is foundational in my life. When I'm not really connected to my women, that there's a, there's a nutrient missing from my life that I need to thrive. And that shows up in my, in my relationship that shows up in my connections with my family that shows up in my business. So in the same way that what's happening in our love lives impacts everything else, right? So yeah, we get to, it it can be helpful to kind of zoom out and look at ourselves more, our lives more holistically um, and just understand that it's all, it's all integrated. We can't actually separate it out as much as we might, (laughs) we might like. Yeah. Um, So, you know, any, any area that feels like it's, where we feel really stuck or where we feel like there's something missing giving that area some attention and some love would really benefit us on the whole. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's such a great example, the one that you shared. uh, If you don't have, like, friends in your life, you're going to expect all of that connection to come from your dating life. That makes so much sense. And I think it just brings us back to that point that you made about doing the the self-work, constantly being in touch with yourself, about how you're feeling about yourself and how that's showing up. Again, that's, I think, so important. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying the episode. 
I'm taking a quick break here to remind you to subscribe to On Her Terms. Subscribing means that you get the latest episode without fail delivered to you every week and it helps me reach a wider audience. If you haven't already, please pick up your phone and subscribe now. Let me know that you appreciate the content I'm sharing. Thanks in advance. I have to say like we all have our ways of showing up in a relationship like for me if I obviously like everyone else I want my relationships to be honest my approach is what you see is what you get what he sees exactly what you get to the extent where I don't hold back anything I'm just gonna speak my truth all the time because I'm just too lazy to do anything else I'm just too lazy to like (laughs) think through what I'm gonna share but that's like that's an approach that lacks refinement and that I think I'm able to do that because I'm never I think so far I've never really been fully invested in romantic relationships in my life so it's easier for me to do that but for people like we're addressing women who who are really wanting to create a very healthy very fulfilling relationship here so how can they manage that balance wherein they're showing up with a lot of integrity, they're being vulnerable, they're being expressive of how they're truly feeling without like this constant worry about, am I being too much? Am I putting out like, I'm being needy? Am I, all of those, that anxiety that really jeopardizes not just a relationship, but your own mental well-being as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, I think it's just important to emphasize the, um, the role of vulnerability. Like we've been so, you know, most of us have been conditioned that vulnerability is either weak or too much or, right, that there's like something there that makes it more difficult to love us. And the truth is that those, those vulnerable conversations, that's where we let ourselves be seen and that's where connection happens. Like you want deep connection if you want intimacy in relationship. That, that that is not available to us without vulnerability. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I just remember for myself that being such kind of a wake-up call when I was first learning about that, being like, oh, wow, I'm blocking the very thing that I want by trying to be a certain way, by trying to be cool and easy and, and whatever. Like, I'm the reason that I'm not getting deeper connection and intimacy. And that was kind of confronting to look at. But it also gave me a lot of permission to start, you know, as you shared, like to start speaking my truth more, to start saying, hey, like, this is, this is bothering me. Or like, hey, I'm, feel, I'm feeling really like unsure of where we stand. I'm having trouble reading you. Like, can we talk about this? And, you know, the truth is sometimes the person was like, whoa, I'm not there. I can't hit whatever. Yeah. And that's okay. Like that actually just allowed me to let go of those connections that were never going to be what I wanted. Um, the other thing that I would say as far as kind of what you were speaking to of like a, a more refined version of pouring everything out there, <laughs> yeah. um, two things that are helpful. One is having either a coach, a therapist, at the very least having community and people that that you trust that you can share with and that can talk things through with you so that you're not dumping every single thought or feeling okay okay on your partner and that's not because it's too much it's not because there's anything wrong it's just that um you know we we it ultimately it will impact our relationship if we're both using each other as our everything as our therapist as our right 
And then the other thing is um, when we have the tools to process on our own a bit, we then get to bring things to our to our partner, the person we're dating, from a place of we're still sharing and it's still vulnerable, but we we can we can take some more personal responsibility for our feelings, right? Our feelings are our feelings. So going back to my example where my partner was moody, right? If I had just in the moment been like why are you being moody? It's having me feel really insecure. And I don't think that you like me and what am I doing wrong? And can you please like, you know, cheer up and right. If I had dumped that all on him, I don't, I don't think it would have been productive. Let's right. put it that way. Right. It's not that it would have been terrible. Yeah. And, and listen, sometimes things do come out really messy and sometimes yeah. we get triggered and we say, and that's okay. This is not like, um, yeah, this is not about having like, expert level clean clear communication at all times because i don't think that's actually possible with two humans and i'll speak for myself as someone who does this for a living who gets triggered gets messy you know yeah. whatever it is um but because i was able to step away and take a walk and notice oh i'm taking this personally you know it actually wasn't something that we needed to work through together right so or if i had wanted to share it i could have shared it later that night you know we do a we do a, a relationship check-in on Sundays. So we, we we share a lot of positive things, and we also ask, like, hey, is there anything that came up this week that you're um, withholding? And then we share, and we say, do you have any requests from me around that? Right? right? So sometimes I will take, you know, take space, and then I'll say, yeah, you know, when I we were having this conversation about family stuff and yada yada, and, you know, here's what I would, here it triggered me. Here's where I what I got me in, right? Um, and here's actually the need that I just hadn't shared with you, or a request that I just shared with you. So we're not um, really, really, really helpful if we can come from not blaming, yeah, right? Noticing if we're using like you made me feel this way, you did this thing, and instead, hey, I'm feeling this over here in myself, right? Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm making your actions mean, or here's what I'm desiring. Right. We talk about it. Create so much more openness to have a productive conversation. Okay, that's really helpful. Can we also like, can I have you give permission to all of our listeners to we just be clumsy in relationships? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I think we put so yeah. much pressure on ourselves. We like Either we have shared something and then there's the vulnerability hangover that sets in wherein we start like second guessing everything and everything becomes this like a whole war going on inside us as to what we have done and this like blowing everything out of proportion and then doing stupid things that jeopard that actually end up jeopardizing the relationship, not the conversation yeah. that happened or not that thing you did that made you feel vulnerable, but what follows after that done out of insecurity or out of that vulnerability hangover also like it is okay to be clumsy it is okay to get things wrong and just like mess up if you mess up mm -hmm. you clean up that mess can i please have you give yeah. my listeners the, the permission to do that because man that yeah. is yeah that is so much pressure to live with <laughs> oh my gosh totally yeah full permission for all the messiness the clumsiness <laughs> The, the humanity of it all, you yep. know, it's like there's nothing more human than relationships or, or two people, right? And even in your friendships, even in, it's like we are both people with our own 
histories, our own insecurities, our own wounds, our own desires, our own needs, our own values, our own cultures. In fact, like we're coming to this as multidimensional humans, right? Yeah. And then we're trying to create something together. And we're and and to like merge our lives or explore something or get get you know intimate and it's like it is going to get messy. If it doesn't get messy, you're probably playing it really surface level and pretending. Like you're probably both, you know, suppressing a lot of shit and right and pretending that, you know, that everything's fine all the time or that you have the same opinions all the time or that you don't have needs or whatever it is. So if we're being, if we're getting honest, if we're talking about honesty and authenticity, um, yeah, it's going to get messy. And to your, you know, I love that you said we can clean it up, yeah. right? Um, and and again, like, you know, as a coach, you like this is my life's work. <laughs> my relationship is messy at times, and yeah. it it, you know, it um we get better and better at communicating as we learn each other and as we have these kind of conversations, right? We have conversations about our conversations or about our communication or about, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we go back, we say like, you know, Hey, sorry, I was being cranky yesterday. Or like, wow, I noticed I was really reactive when you said that thing. Like I got scared or like I got, you know, it touched on this thing from my past and you know, I, I, take responsibility for how that came out right or whatever it is you know and it's all yeah that makes so much sense (laughs) and I have to say when like if I am showing up exactly as I am in my relationship and the other person this person whoever I'm with whether it's a friend or a romantic partner whatever if they really know me when they tell me that they love me, when they tell me that you're awesome you're so fiery you're so smart and it's great to be with you that feels so genuine because I know that they see me because I am letting myself show up as exactly as I am. I'm being authentic here versus when I know I'm holding back like bigger pieces of myself, like essential vital pieces of myself. And when the other, it's going great. And the other person's super into me. I'm always living with this idea. And that this, even if the person is saying the loveliest things to me, I'm like, what do you even know about me? You know, nothing. You have no idea who you, who you're with even. Why would you want to live with that? That other thing where people actually see you and then they love you for it. It's just like, there's no other feeling like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, you know, then that's like where we feel safe too, right? It's like, I feel safe because I can fall apart or be messy or be bossy or be, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like those parts of myself, like you said, get to be seen. Um, and so when I feel like accepted, when I, when I, I'm like, oh, I just get to get freer and freer and, and discover myself even more and more inside of this relationship. And we give our partner permission to do the same, right? Like we really set the tone. Um, and then we, you know, we, we allow it to be safe for them to get, to get vulnerable, to be messy, to be imperfect. I think that's an important part is like letting that be a two way street. Yeah. And going like a step further, uh, this recently I was involved in a conversation about consent. Like, what do we consent to? And like going beyond the very basic definition. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about trauma of any kind here. I'm just talking about like the things we consent to in a relationship without really understanding what we are consenting to in the sense that um, 
like we are feeling safe with our partner and then the partner proposes going on an adventure that makes us feel very unsafe. It, it's not necessarily a sexual one, just something that's out of the ordinary and that requires us to like get out of our comfort zone. We don't want to do it. But at the same time, we don't want to be the reason that our partner doesn't do it, which is completely understandable. And we do that not just for our partners. We do that for our friends, our siblings, everyone. But when it comes to relationship, it's a high stakes relationship. Things are starting to get intense. How do we balance those decisions wherein we want our partner to spread their wings, be who they want and do the things that they love without pushing ourselves into doing things that are just so uncomfortable for us that it makes us like makes us almost shut down parts of ourselves how do we do yeah. That? yeah well I, I i i like that you said shut down parts of ourselves because i think that's it's important to consider the consequences of going along with something right we might think oh i'm doing this for my relationship or for my partner like we think that we're giving a gift to the person or to the relationship by saying yes to something we're really a no to but if we if if we're doing anything that asks us to shut down parts of ourselves or to abandon ourselves or to go so outside of our comfort zone that it's what I would say like out of range for us, yeah. um, there will be consequences on our partner on the relationship. Like that actually does not allow for us to both be fully in connection because we have to we have to like check out a bit in order to like tolerate being in that experience, right? So yeah, so like consider that it's it's actually a gift for you to honor yourself. Like it's a gift to your partner. It's a gift to the relationship for you to honor what's true for you. Um, and that we don't need to do everything together. Like yeah. we just we don't, it's, <laughs> it's really healthy, right? For us to go off and have different experiences, for us to have different um friendships or or yeah just like times where we get to nurture ourselves our individuality um and you know as long as there's a shared foundation as long as you are you feel like you're getting enough overlap in your lives you know that that fits whatever you desire and that's different for everyone um then i say like allow that to be a um like let's reframe that as it's not it's not bad it's not wrong it's not a detriment to the relationship it's a beautiful thing to give each other space to give each other permission um it's a sign of trust right and then your partner gets to come let's say you or maybe it's you maybe you're like i want to take this solo trip or right. i want to you know i've always wanted to skydive and my partner is a no to it if you don't go because your partner's a no you will likely be resentful. Yep. You will likely, if you go, you get to bring everything you got from that experience, you get to bring back into your relationship. You get to bring your aliveness. You get to bring your, you know, like everything that you learned and got, you get to share it. You get to connect around it. It, it benefits you both. Yeah, that's such a beautiful answer. But I have to ask, what if, because I'll tell you, when we were talking about consent, Mm -hmm. The reason that this conversation came up, we were talking about these hard limits and what if it, of course, it was about sex and it was about exploring BDSM and exploring like sexual adventures or someone being super duper into hiking and constantly wanting to go camping and like live that 
sort of lifestyle versus someone who's supremely a homebody, like super, someone who is super indoorsy and doesn't really enjoy the outdoors all that much. Like these are like, these are very fundamental personality differences, wherein if you enjoy a certain kind of sex and the other person isn't going to do it. And if you enjoy a certain kind of lifestyle and the other person simply wants no part of it, then these are differences that are, I don't know. My answer was that, yes, these are insurmountable. What do you, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think in those cases, likely that that sounds like an incompatibility, right? But this is why, this is why exploring and discovering your own core values is so important because for some people, hiking, BDSM play, whatever it is, may very well be a core value. That's like, to your point, lifestyle, right? And it's something that might be um, a, a, a deal breaker for you. Like it might be a non-negotiable for you to yeah. want to share that with a partner, right? For other people, it might be like, you know, I love um, I love musical theater. I grew up doing theater, theater, the performing arts. That's like, I get so much joy and fulfillment from that. My partner is not interested in that. <laughs> but that's fine. Because yeah. it actually doesn't, it's like, I'm happy to go to a show by myself or to grab girlfriends. Um, he's happy to like hear me sing around the house. You know, it's, there's enough comedy. Or, you know, we're both into other kinds of entertainment together. It's not a part of myself that I need to share with him. Um, but, you know, if I, if, if I'm a, if like traveling is my passion, again, some people might be like, I'm fine taking a trip every month by myself. And having, like, that actually sounds great. I prefer to solo travel. My partner loves having the house themselves for a week every month. That might work. Yeah. My guess is the majority of people who are really passionate about travel would want to share that with their partner. And it would probably be a deal breaker if someone was a no, you know. Similarly, I think when it comes to our sexuality, you know, again, it's something that only the individuals can really explore together, where their limits are, where their desires are, what they need from each other. You know, there are certainly partners who have pretty different sexual desires um, and boundaries and who either find a way to meet in the middle that feel still feels empowered and fulfilling for both of them or who open up their relationships, right? Or who explore you know that someone goes and has their like has a safe space for bdsm play that's that's um that their partner's consenting to right that's like ethically agreed upon right possible possible to explore so i just i my point is it's it's pretty nuanced and it's different for each individual so i say all that to say you know i think sometimes we're swiping on a dating app let's say and we see this a picture of someone hiking and we're like, oh, it's not going to work. Their whole lifestyle is out. We make all these assumptions. Yeah, yeah. Or we hear that someone has a kink and we're like, oh, that means they're going to expect me to be in that whole lifestyle. This isn't going to work. Rather than getting curious with the person in front of you and saying, hey, here's what makes me nervous about this. Here's what I'm all about. Here's what would make me feel safe exploring this. Maybe maybe I feel kind of turned on by the idea of exploring kink, but I just don't know what that means. Yeah. Maybe I thought that I had to be into, you know, pain play. And actually it just means, you know, well, we could like role play a little bit and, and 
take baby steps and who knows? Yeah. So much possibility. I love this answer. I love it because my answer was like very simplistic and it's like, I don't know. I don't see how that's going to work out. But you, I love your answer because, yes, you can find like a mutually agreeable meeting point and take it from there and explore it from that point forward. And yeah, there are like these days relationships are so nuanced. Like there are people who are committed to each other, but they they are exploring other people. And there's so much going on there. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Thank you so much, Evan, yeah. for making that point. That was super sure. helpful. Um, yeah. And, and like, let me also just, in case anyone's listening and that doesn't totally resonate, I also just want to validate that it's also okay for something to be a deal breaker. It's also okay for you to say, like, yeah. I don't know, I want a monogamous partnership and, you know, I want like a, a dom sub dynamic is what I want. Yeah. So it's actually not going to work for me to be with someone outside that community or for someone to say like, Hey, I'm not comfortable with anything outside of, you know, traditional monogamous vanilla, right? Whatever um, sex. And so it's okay to honor that. No. And to say, I'm actually not open to exploring and you know what, there was great connection here, but we're really not what each other's looking for for long term. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. It's not like we can just, <laughs> always always find a middle ground or that we should feel like we have to yeah um you know cling to something that actually isn't aligned love that i love that that's such a powerful point that you've made honor yourself before you honor and show respect to anyone else if it's not right for you it's not right for anyone that's something that i really do believe in thank you for making that's such a powerful point you made um okay uh how can people work with you? What is it that you offer? Like, what are some of the ways that people can learn from you in more like focused ways? Yeah, I have a, I have a few different things going on um, and it's always changing. So probably catching me on Instagram is the, is the easiest as far as kind of seeing the latest. Um, and I'm always open to connect with anyone directly just to, to DM me or reach out and I can kind of share what's going on and explore what could be a fit. But my kind of core options um, I have a course called Wake Up Your Worth, and that is a really empowering 10-week course that you do on your own time that takes you through a lot of the pieces we've been talking about today, creating unshakable foundational self-worth, discovering your core values, knowing what you bring to the table, boundary setting, authenticity, right? breaking through people-pleasing, breaking through the fear of rejection, comparison, all these things that that really like throw us off of our of our core worthiness. Um, so that is always an option to jump in on, and it's a really great starting point. And then beyond that, I have at different times I run different you know live coaching programs um, for single women transforming their love lives, um, and I also now run programs with my partner Alex, who's also a coach, um, and we do some really fun love coaching work together, um, and have a whole program that's a uh, an exciting adventurous twist on modern dating called your love adventure. Awesome. I'm going to make sure to share the links to all of these resources in the episode description. For my last question, I want to ask you, Evan, um, can you please share like a moment from your life and you felt powerless, all out of faith, but you were compelled to bring your A game. How, how did you rally forward at that time? Yeah. You know, the first thing that comes to mind and maybe it's just because we've been on the love topic so long, but um, I think back to a few years ago and a breakup that I went through with someone who I really thought and hoped 
was a, a long-term partner. Um, and, you know, I felt powerless in that it's like I wanted this so badly and I was willing to show up for it and to make adjustments for it. And, you know, ultimately there was, there just was no way to move forward. Um, and my, um, what I, what I really came back to was, you know, I'm committed to being empowered in this area of my life. So for me to keep focusing month after month on like why this didn't work, why this person couldn't adjust for this to work, what, right? Like I, I was disempowering myself. I was giving away all of my power, right? Whether it was to him, whether it was to, you know, universe, why are you doing this to me, right? Like whatever it was, I was moving away from my commitment to myself and what I wanted. And so, you know, in large part because of the work I do and, and how I was showing up for my clients and my community at the time, um, I just really worked on recommitting to myself, to pouring into myself, um, to putting more attention on what I was manifesting, what I wanted to call in than to the past, right? Um, and to really like believing that I could have it and believing like we talked about before that I'm, that I'm supported, that it's all unfolding as it's meant to. And, um, you know, as I started feeling more excited again and, and more confident again to get back out there, you know, sure enough, now in the relationship I'm in looking back, I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that relationship didn't work out. Like, I didn't even know what it felt like to be in an aligned partnership. You know, I, I didn't even realize what I was missing out on back then when I was just like so clinging to, um, to what I had. And so, you know, I, I offer that for anyone who is, um, yeah, who's like really wanting something and not seeing it in your physical reality yet. Just that sense of trust that, you know, you're, you're on track, that what's to come is, is so often better than we could have expected. Um, and really that pouring into ourselves, I think is like always the answer. <laughs> you're not going to go wrong. You're not going to go wrong with like feeding your own heart and your own needs and, and your mindset um, and giving yourself support if you need it or want it. That's it for today's episode. So did you love it or did you love it? Thank you for joining me today and sharing your time. If you're eager for more, head on over to onherterms.com for show notes, guest information, downloads and more. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, ask questions and share your struggles with other powerful women, join my intimate community over on Facebook. The link will be in the episode description. Until next week, this has been another episode of On Her Terms podcast.